Welcome back to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast. My name is Chris Turner. <laughs> I am your host, and I will be guiding you through today's show. I uh, hope you're staying healthy out there with all of this craziness going on. I know uh, what is probably week three or four for the United States, at least in the depths of the coronavirus pandemic and the stay-at-home orders. Definitely feeling it. I know we've been talking about it in previous episodes. Uh, and we're probably going to talk about it a little more today just because, like I said, that's about the only thing to talk about. I've been looking for news stories on anything other than this, and it th- seems like the only other thing people are talking about is Tiger King, so <laughs> I, th- I think that's the name of Tiger King, right? Um, which I'm sure you guys have seen at this point. Fantastic show. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Joe Exotic. I can't believe that guy's a real person. Like, it, it, If you haven't seen it, please go watch on Netflix Tiger King. It's a, s- a limited series that they made, and it's just the people in this show are like characters out of a comic book or, or a, like a Disney movie or something. Like they're just not, not a, like an R-rated Disney movie. You know what I mean? Um, they're just the, 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 like I said, the personalities of these people is over the top. And when you put them all in the same area, it creates this magnificent show that is you kind of can't take once you once you put it on you really can't stop watching it. I, I binge watch it <laughs> first episode all the way through as soon as I started started so. Definitely recommend The Tiger King. It's got my unfounded stamp of approval. Uh, I also want to take a second here at the beginning of the episode and thank uh, all of the followers out on the social medias, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we've gotten a lot of likes and stuff on the recent posts, and I really appreciate that. Um, also, thank you for for, uh, for following the podcast, right? Listening. Um, if you do have anybody that you think would enjoy this as well, uh, please like and share or send it to them on Facebook, whatever. Uh, I do have on my my Facebook page. There's a bunch of different uh, episodes I posted. Also, there's a bunch of different links uh, to kind of easily sign up for the podcast. On my Facebook page, there is a uh, use app button that if you hit that, it'll bring you right to my uh, my my page that gives you all of the uh, different po- platforms that you can subscribe directly to. Like Apple Podcasts, all that. So, Anyway, getting that out of the way right off the top, but I, I would appreciate if you could share it for me. Thank you very much. And without further ado, I'll kind of roll into what I want to talk about today. And I've had a couple things on my mind this morning, so this might be a, like most episodes, probably going to be all over the place. Um, but I've been thinking about two things. One being the apocalypse, <laughs> and two being um, routine. And I think we've talked about routine before, uh, kind of in other episodes briefly, but I want to talk about routine in more depth, I think, today. And we'll start with that. I don't necessarily want to start in the apocalypse because I feel like everybody's kind of had the same thoughts going through their head too and I don't want to add to it you know what I mean but I probably will get to what I was thinking about (laughs) at some point here anywho um so let's go ahead and get started I I do I want to talk about routine and I think it's because my routine has been very heavily impacted by this uh coronavirus pandemic and like the stay-at-home order which is kind of weird on the surface too right because you'd think you always assume when you're working and stuff you know you're out in the working world that if you only had more time, you know what I mean? If you only had more time, you could get all these things done and maybe you would stick to your routine then if you had more time because you'd, I mean, you'd have the free time to do what you want so you could you know, then divvy up the other parts of your time and make it more structured. Well, it's a fallacy we tell ourselves, I think, and it's testable right now because have you really changed your routine or solidified it one more? Um, if you have, good on you, right? Really good job because I think that's the most important. It's a really important thing to be doing. Right? Not the most important, but a really important thing to be doing right right now is is to kind of, if you do have a really solid routine in place that got affected, figure out how you can kind of readjust it to work in this new kind of uh, shelter in place world, or um, maybe reinvent a whole new 
uh, routine, right? Maybe your routine was getting a little old. Maybe it was getting you were getting tired of it. And you want to you want to restart and reset. Uh, either option, I think, is is a, is a valid and good one. Uh, but the one that I've the problem I've been coming against is, is I had a pretty set routine, one that was working really well for me and one that was also fairly new, right? Um, like I said, I, I, I left my job like six, seven months prior. It's probably been like nine months now. I keep, I've said seven months for like two months, so <laughs> about nine months now. And, um, you know, through that process, did a lot of, you know, soul searching, uh, really hard work on myself, figuring out what who I was. Like we've talked about all these ego kind of uh, uh what's the right word these ego games you know that we play kind of analyzing those in myself and seeing how i could help myself uh, and that just fell down that's fantastic hold on one second a little bit of technical difficulty here i have like a uh, mic headphone amp thing that i for some reason wanted to be fancy and like double-sided tape to the bottom of my desk but uh, i always hit it with my knee and then it falls off in the worst times like in the middle of a podcast and then i'm screwed you know what I mean? so <laughs> Anywho, um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, routine. So, um, like I said, I, I, I had uh, kind of had a lot of time to, to to work on myself and to establish a new routine in the past nine months. And I had started to do that probably about four months ago, five months ago. I really started to establish a new routine. And uh, there's a couple ways I did that, and I'll kind of walk through that as well, um, so that if there's people out there that are trying to to kind of uh, emulate what I did, um, here's what worked for me. Uh, so the first thing I did was once I came upon like once I left my job at Amazon. Right. Um, and I had a, like the first couple of days, you know, I took f- to just kind of decompress, kind of contemplate what had gone on there. Cause like I said, it wasn't a fun experience, especially towards the end, figure out regroup with myself and figure out what I needed to work on, where I needed to go. And what I started to do right away was I started to journal, but I didn't start to journal like by writing it. I started to do exactly what I'm doing right now like talking to myself, <laughs> which is effectively what I'm doing when I record these podcasts. Like, I know you guys listen to it, but effectively what I'm doing is talking to myself, which if anybody was watching me do this, you'd, you'd say that guy is absolutely insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I probably am, but that's okay. Right. I'm fine with it. Um, but I started to, to do journals where I would sit down at the end of the day and I'd go over what worked well for me and what, what didn't. And I'd talk to myself as if I was somebody that I gave a shit about. You know what I mean? Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. Uh, it's one of his, his uh, one of the ways he describes kind of being your own ideal, I guess, is what he, is the way he described it, is being your own ideal. How you do that? Well, you kind of have to vet yourself, right? You have to uh, imagine the perfect you, and that perfect you is going to be unattainable. You're never going to be able to perfect yourself. But imagine the perfect you right? And then place yourself on a path to get there. Simple as that, right? And the best way to start that process, I think, is to identify what the perfect you is. We probably, most of us don't even know what it would or could be because we're so fallible. We're so wrapped up in the current events too, like how inadequate we are just to get through our daily lives that we we don't even attempt to reach for the perfect version of ourselves, right? But I think this process, like I said, of talking to yourself, you, you don't have to record it if you don't want to. I think it's very helpful to go back and listen to it, listen to it back. Like you're listening to a podcast you made yourself. It's a very, very, very helpful process because that's what I did. And now it's turned into this, right? Now it's a podcast for you guys. But, um, but so yeah, so I would say sit down, journal with yourself. If you want to write it down, whatever your medium is, whatever you're more comfortable with, like do that. If you're maybe you're a more like visual person, maybe you like to draw. You know what I mean? It just it, you don't have to use language to get what you're feeling out, right? You can draw those things too, right? We've talked about uh, kind of how 
how malleable the arts are and how it can describe so many different versions and variations in life. And so you can use those different tools. If that's what speaks to you, that's what you're supposed to use. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how you're supposed to communicate with yourself, you know? And so, so use it, whatever fits, whatever works for you, but start that dialogue with yourself, right? Like start that dialogue with yourself because what it'll do is identify where you're missing, like where you're lacking. So it, it, unless you have the dialogue, you can't really identify it because the ego will hide it from you. The ego will hide your faults. You know, you won't want to look at them. So you have to purposely, very intentionally look for those faults. And you do that by starting the dialogue with yourself. Now, after you have the dialogue going, then you can kind of identify, okay, like I said, what's good, what's bad. And then how would I actually structure a day? You know, uh, again, Jordan Peterson talks about this. And I think all of these strategies are, are, are practical. And that's what's so great about him is he has this practicality about him that he can give you the tools to actually apply the philosophy that he's talking about. Right. Um, so what what he would then move on to say is, is, is right, I, I don't like to I don't you know, it's I shouldn't say this is what he would move on to say. But one of his ideas is is that you want to set up the perfect day for yourself. Right. So um, if you could imagine, what would the perfect day be? Not just I get everything I want, but I also give back. Right. So I'm 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 I I I operate within the system, whatever system I'm in. And I give as much as I take. Right. And I'm satisfied and I'm happy. How do I find that balance? How do I create a day that works perfectly for me and my life? And then I think you have to actually talk through that because that's what I started to do. You know, literally, okay, what if I wake up at this time? And what if right after I get up, uh, like one of my Achilles heels is I like to like wake up and then like lay in bed for like an hour and watch TV, like watch the news or something right while I'm waking up. It's a really bad habit to get into because... I think waking up, that that first step out of the bed is a really important time. If you're like me and you're not a morning person, you need that, you feel like you need that like warm-up period to get the engines rolling, um, maybe that's a good place to start. Try to uh, do the opposite of what you'd want to do there. Like, like Jocko does, you know, where he like wakes up at 4.35 in the morning and like takes a picture of his watch. You know, like figure out a way to break that cycle and make yourself a little bit uncomfortable. Um or maybe you don't. Maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you want to leave that there. Maybe that's an important part of your day that, that makes the rest of the day worth worth going through. And that you look forward to those 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 times when you can wake up in the morning and lay in bed. Maybe you uh, make it to where you only do that on the weekends. Right? Which should, I think is logical. But some kind of balance, whatever works for you. Again, I can't tell you what that's going to be, what it's going to look like, because it's going to be whatever works for your life. For me, uh, it's been kind of waking up and getting going right away. So one thing that helps me a lot is stretching. So like waking and I haven't honestly, I gotta be honest about this. I have not been very diligent with this. And, I, and now that I said it on the podcast, I'm going to make sure I continue to do this. Um, but when you wake up in the morning, I think one of the best ways you can get yourself going, if you have a slow motor like me, like a diesel engine needs to warm up a little bit, like <clears throat> get out and stretch right away. It's, it's going to be really hard to find the motivation the first couple of times, but after the first couple of times, it's going to be easy because you feel so much better. It's better than a cup of coffee. I'm telling you, you get out of, you get out of bed, do like, it doesn't have to be very advanced stuff. Like just like try to touch your toes, bend down, you know, squat down, like stretch your knees out, stretch your arms out, do some neck rotations, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Maybe some jumping jacks, just get the blood flowing and then jump right in the shower. And after that, man, like you get out of the shower for me, at least I am ready to go. It takes that hour long 
warm-up period that usually take you know like i said that takes me laying in bed for an hour before i can find the motivation to get up now 15 minutes after that i am ready to go and not only am i ready to go but i'm energized like i'm looking forward to it right so that's the process that works for me but i had to experiment to find that kind of that that's what works for me maybe that works for you You could try that out if not try something else it's that experimentation i think that's important in this process is like figuring out what works for you and experimenting putting it in place and if it doesn't work take that out and put another thing there you know what i mean and then it becomes fun too because you realize that you have that control over your life you know so much of the uncomfortable feelings we we experience i think in the modern world is is due to lack of control because there's there's like forces at play that seem like they've been there forever uh, right, that 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 make you feel like you don't have any control of your life. That next step mentality, the rat race itself, is infected inside of all of us. It's 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 like this default programming that's been bred inside of all of us. That once we feel like we we feel like we have to go along with it, and as soon as we start to make decisions like this. We're starting to actually take control of our lives that we're going to lose control in some weird way. That's a, that's a lie. It's not true. Like you. <clears throat> anyway, get the point, right? So I think that's a, that's, that's a really important thing is like, like be the, be, be like a scientist, right? Be a, be uses the, the scientific method. If you want to be that, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, diligent, right. But, but experiment, test these things, see what works, see what doesn't, if it doesn't work, throw it out. If it does, you know, keep it and use the same strategy. I think on yourself, you know, with the ego, you can use that same strategy when you come up against like deadwood, you either, you either burn it off or you let it sit there, but it takes up space and you have a finite amount of space. Joe Rogan talks about this. I like this concept as well, right? Um, this idea that you have a certain amount of bandwidth that, that you're, you're, you can only take in so much information every day and that what you, what you have control over what enters that space what you devote that bandwidth to. And it's important to find the positive uses for that bandwidth in your own individual positive uses for that bandwidth. It's going to be very unique, right? Like as unique as you, what your interests are, but um, make sure that that bandwidth isn't being taken up too much of that bandwidth. Isn't being taken up by useless things or other people, right? Other people's desires. I think work itself is other people's desires. Unless you own your business, you're working for somebody else. You're working for somebody else's desire. Sure, you need money, and that's why you're there. But the purpose of the company is to produce wealth. People would say, people. A lot of people would say that the purpose of a company is to produce a product or a service. I disagree. Not in the, not in our economy. Absolutely not. The purpose of every almost every single institution that I've ever worked for or been a part of has been to produce wealth. Partially why there's no intrinsic value in most companies. <laughs> because they focus on the wrong things. And they're built for that purpose. Like I've said before, if you go out into the world and you want to make something, don't go out with the idea that you're going to make something that's going to make you money. Because you're making something that is valueless. Because money is valueless. You're making an intermediary, a middleman. That's all you're making. That's all the you know, clapper is. You know, the clap on, clap off thing. It's useless. <laughs> it just makes money. That's all it does. Some people would say it's a kind of a service. 
but a useless service. And then when you look at all the a lot of the products that exist nowadays, a lot of the products you you see those people that make millions and millions of dollars off the dumbest shit like the fidget spinner, and it makes you mad, doesn't it? Does it doesn't make you a little angry deep down that somebody could get that rich or they're rewarded that much for producing something with such little value? And then how is an, an employee are you supposed to work for the fidget spinner producer and get any kind of value out of that work? Because what are you doing? You're literally you're you're putting all of your energy into making something that is valueless. So your work is valueless. Therefore your energy is valueless. Therefore you're valueless. That's why you feel empty. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I think it links to the apocalypse idea. <laughs> because I do, and this is going to sound a little crazy, guys, right? It's always going to sound a little crazy until it happens. I think our economy is ending right now. And this is the beginning of the ending of the global economy as we know it. We made a system that was unsustainable. We sold it as something that was sustainable. Not only that was sustainable, it's something as foundational. And then we let that system infect all of our other ideologies. Including our political ideologies. And it's constructed a world, at least the American system is such that almost all of its resources are devoted to producing things that are worthless. There's no better time to realize that now because China is essentially holding us hostage because there's, they're, they're the country that produces like a lot of the things that we, we can't. Certain medicines and drugs and stuff you've heard of on the news, I'm sure. We can't produce here. We, don't, we get 100% from China. Why? Because our system incentivized us producing it over there. They can do it cheaper. Why? Because they can take advantage of labor. They can pay somebody a dollar a day, a 14-year-old a dollar a day to, to produce it because there's no oversight in that country. Or there is oversight, but they can lie about it, right? Just like they lied about Ebola. And so, our, but what, is, what does capitalism say, right? What does our economy incentivize? Efficiency. So, hey, yeah, you're more efficient. Screw the morals. Screw the ethics push everything over there well now that gets you into a position that we put ourselves in this position our blatant and utter disregard for sustainability <laughs> and our gluttonous attitude towards the global economy This zero-sum game that it seems like we 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 are playing over resources, you know, this fight over resources, or at least China is playing the game that way as a zero-sum game, and I don't know if we are or have been playing it as a zero-sum game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somebody's trying to take all the resources, or get all of the resources, or be dominant in the resource market. 
and we're sitting there trying to share the resources. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not gonna work out too well for us, is it? I made my own cold brew too. Cold brew coffee. Whew, so good. Better than Starbucks. Better than five dollars a coffee cup, that's for sure. Anyway. Um but, but I think that this economy was built like I said in the last couple episodes it's built on it's it assumes that people are going to continue to consume and so as long as people continue to consume the system works because most economies at least successful economies around the world use some version of a capitalist system if something globally hits like a pandemic like this and everything slows down where people can't consume as much there's nothing to happen but the global economic slowdown. Like it's going, everything is going to slow down. Businesses are going to go out of uh, places are going to go out of business, especially small businesses, right? Because they don't have the funds to sustain themselves, especially for two months or however long this is going to continue on, right? And so what we do is we eliminate the competition that that produces the <clears throat> diversity that makes our economy great. That we often tout our economy as as the best example of diversity and and ideas and and producing all of this variation and products and things like that right we're gonna lose that then what's the point of a capitalist system because that's the purpose of it it's produce diversity and competition so if that goes away and there's no competition no diversity how do you re-spark that when you have one or two or three companies that can control everything do you go like they did with standard oil and break up all of those companies split them up into 18 different miniature oil companies which is what a majority of every single oil company in the world is now Shell, BP, all, I think it was all of them. Almost every single one was at one point a part of Standard Oil. Sure, you could do that. <clears throat> to a point, you could do that if it's one industry. But you cannot, the, the economy is too complicated for the federal government to get involved in every single industry that way. It can't get involved in the food service industry that way. Let's say all of the think of all of the mom and pop shops that are going to close down because of this, right? It's going to be mostly food service, right? I work in that industry right now, so I, I can. It's very obvious. Most of those, I think, even big, bigger chains are going to go out of business, right? <clears throat> and there's going to be only a few left, I think, if it continues on more than a couple months, right? And if there is only a McDonald's and a Burger King, you know, and a Pizza Hut, well, then what do you? What, you going to split those up too? You're going to split Pizza Hut up into Pizza Gang and Pizza Trucks and have them make different versions of the same fucking pizza? You lose all your diversity there. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't institute it back. Once it's gone, it's gone. It's part of the reason why the communist systems don't work very well if they're not allied with a capitalist economy because it's impossible to make these kind of decisions in an economy. In a planned economy, there's too many variables. It's a literally an impossible equation to compute. You can never come up with how to diversify each of these different industries and produce all of these different. I mean, think about it. you'd actually have to have like a like a, a think like a like a, a group of people around a table sit down and think. Okay, McDonald's is the only burger joint in the United States. How do we diversify? Well, we're gonna have to split it up. Okay, what do people want diversification wise? 
They don't want just a McDonald's burger. What is your favorite burger? What is their favorite burger? What is his favorite burger, her favorite burger? Should we make a whole place devoted to that one burger? Or should we make, you see how complicated this gets, how quickly and how impossible a solution it is? That's what we're headed towards right now. And that's why I think we might be headed towards an economic collapse, utter and complete collapse, where I mean, jobs go away completely. That's my apocalyptic perspective. There it is, right? Part of it. I don't think we get this thing jump-started again. Because on another note, and I've talked about this with a lot of my friends for a couple years now, but uh, I also think that the dollar itself is going to fail. And I think the dollar itself is going to fail because it's an antiquated technology. I think... Because there's nothing that props up the value of the dollar, the U.S. dollar, besides consumer sentiment, and that consumer sentiment is directly tied to an individual's ability to operate in the economic system, I'm losing my track train of thought there. Sorry, guys. I lost my train of thought there. It'll come back to me. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think I think that we're headed towards kind of a. a, a, a and when I say apocalypse, you know, I, I I I use the term in the same way I use the term death. I I don't view it as a coldly negative thing. I view a, apocalypse as a beginning and an end. It's a death. It's 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 death in a global form. Is what apocalypse is, right? <clears throat> and. It's audacious to say that we need an apocalypse or a death, right? I don't I, I don't think I could ever, you know, it'd be very audacious for me to assert that. But now that we're moving in a direction that seems like we might be headed towards a, that kind of an outcome, um, it makes sense. Guys, if you look at everything that's been going on in the world, it makes sense, you know? And, it, you know, like... Damn me for saying it, but do we need it? Do we need a wipe, a slate, a slate wiped clean right now? I don't know. Like I said, I'm too small of a thing to be able to glean that kind of insight. We all are, right? Be audacious to assert that. But you can ask the question. You know what I mean? And I think if I could be so bold, I, I think that. We are on an evolutionary journey, a world-scale evolutionary journey, and that if an apocalyptic type event were to take place, and I mean, that could be like an asteroid hit, or that could be at a world war, you know what I mean? It could be, or just a global economic collapse. It could be that that leads to famine and all these other kind of things, right? There's a lot of ways that you could get to an apocalypse. Um, whatever way that would happen, uh, it has the effect of shaking people from their slumber, which is definitely needed right now, and has already started to happen. There's been so many people now that realize that this system we've made isn't as solid as they like to think. It's actually very malleable. The system 
it's unfounded <laughs> right and it, it it's wishy-washy and that this thing that we like to lovingly call the United States of America may not always be and that it is important to play with those ideas as dangerous as they feel and sound because they are dangerous it's in, it is important to play with those because it's exactly the places you don't want to look where the most insight can be gleaned right I think people need to be ready for anything right now. You know, I think you need to be prepared for the worst outcome. That being, what would the worst outcome be? That's hard. That's actually a good question. What would the worst outcome be right now? Let's see. The worst outcome would be the coronavirus is much worse than we expected. Its death toll is much higher than we expected. Meaning, and also, relative to the economy, its effect on the economy is much worse than we we're expecting causing a global economic crash like I was talking about leading to a global economic or a global famine which I think also leads to a global war that's the worst that could happen I think oh you could throw an asteroid in there too like after the war just asteroid (laughs) you know what I mean just like boom that'd be like some icing on the top to have a real bad apocalypse you know what I mean or you could throw zombies in there. Who knows? Maybe the coronavirus mutates and makes us into zombies or something. That's the worst, probably. Most likely not going to happen, right? But important to think about and play with. Because at least it lets you know that the world is a changing thing. And just like you hear a lot of economists say, you know, the business that doesn't uh, you know, evolve dies. It's the same thing here on Earth. That idea comes from, you know the animal kingdom itself so is it time for us to evolve I think so when situations around you change when the stimulus coming in changes when the world gives you different stimulus you have a choice either you can evolve and change and hopefully survive and move on in that new system or you can try to bring back the old one or save it and that's exactly how you die That's exactly how those genes don't get passed on anymore. That's how they get eliminated. That's how evolution works. You know what I mean? Not by choice. I didn't mean by choice. But effectively, right? The beings that have the best ability to survive will. And that's when they propagate. And so are you a being being that's going to be able to survive in a world that looks 180 degrees different than the world we live in now? Ask yourself that question right now. Would you be able to survive? If you wouldn't, it's time to start making yourself into the person that would. Because even if this apocalypse kind of idea scenario that I've been talking about doesn't happen, you will be a better person at the end of that. And you will be better prepared for any scenario, regardless of an apocalypse uh, coming forward. You know. I also hope, and uh, you know, I want to kind of turn away from apocalypse. Um, I also hope that coming out, you know, this experience kind of I, like I said, I, I've, I've, I've seen some very positive, some positives come out of this, you know, where like people are more friendly, you know, it's like people like they're not as distracted. I really think that's what it is. Is people just aren't distracted anymore. They, it, it's the machine stopped. And so they can actually be human beings again. And they're starting to be human beings again. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're starting to smile and talk and make eye contact, uh, and walk just for the pleasure of walking, you know, and be outside for the pleasure of being outside and, you know, all of those things that 
made life worth living that have been deleted from this modern existence need to be brought back. Otherwise, it will continue to be a life not worth living. And I truly believe that, that a lot of this world that we've constructed has, we've made this mechanistic machine, this thing that is cold to so many people that exist within it. And I think it is our duty as human beings to continually evolve a system that leverages the ability, skill, and desire of every individual inside that system properly. That's the whole purpose, I think, and idea behind the United States of America, this focus on the individual, is to get people to leverage their own abilities and skills and for the good of the whole. It's the whole idea. And, and we each need to do that. I think if, if let's say you did everything right, you were the perfect student, you got straight A's all the way through high school. Also, you can you didn't go to partying, you didn't do any of that shit, right? Just so you could get to college, so you get the next step, so you could get that degree, right? And go to master law school, whatever you ended up doing, right? Did everything right. And you got that high paying job. And you got that big ass apartment. And then this happens. You know what it shows you? This idea that we can make life into a fair thing. Mm -mm. There is nothing fair about life. Never has been, never will be. Because life isn't a game at a basic level. We gamify it. The unadulterated experience of life is no game. It's the realest thing we know. We are headed for a world that is going to demonstrate that fact. That it is not fair. I hope we don't have to learn that the hard way. This world is not fair. It was never meant to be fair. If you want it to be fair, that's great. It's not going to be. The best thing you could do as an individual that would like to see a world that is more fair is to take your little slice of it and to be the best person within that. To operate as if it was fair. Even though you know it's not. And you know it never will be. Not on some kind of crusade to make it fair, but to operate as if it was fair. Operate as a good actor with faith in the system. The system of life and its ability to glean necessity from experience. And with that, I'm going to leave it there, guys. I, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Unfounded Podcast. I know it was, uh, what, about four days this time between episodes. But like I said, I try not to force it out. Uh, I think this is part of the creative process. And when I feel like I need to get on here and shout at you guys, well, uh, I do, right? <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, thank you for the growth, guys. We have been growing quite a bit. I haven't shared any of that with you guys just because, I, you know, it's it's one of those things that I wanted to get a little bit of uh, footing under us before I kind of started to 
see if we can get it uh, on a on a different growth path, right? But we're growing well. You know, we've got a lot more listeners since I've watched uh, watched or launched this. Uh, and to put it in perspective, uh, this podcast gets right now about anywhere from 100 to 150 downloads a week, right? So for me, that's more than enough. It was never about getting a big audience. This is about reaching the people that want to listen, right? And like I described at the beginning, it was really about me. There was a selfishness in it. Uh, it but it was a for the good of... It was a selfish. It, it, it was from a selfish place, but for with good intent, if that makes sense. <laughs> so I hope uh, I hope it, it, this these talks also are kind of entertaining you, or um, at least providing you a little bit of company. You know, in this in this lonely time, um, I'm fairly used to the loneliness. Like I said, I, I tend to be alone most of the time. <laughs> I go many times. I go days without saying word because and not realizing it because. I'm just not around people a lot, you know. So, um, and and let me say this: there is a point that you'll get to if if you are in that solitude and you're very uncomfortable. Because I know just how uncomfortable it can be. You can get to a place where you're comfortable, at least somewhat comfortable with it. Uh, work and and I think it's important to get to that place because it's um, it's knowing how to deal with yourself, the inner you, that I think gets you to that place. Anyway. Um, Please stay safe out there. Uh, Please like, share, and subscribe if you did enjoy this episode. And I will be back at it here soon. Take care, guys. Bye.